This is Business of Home. I'm your host, Dennis Scully. Every week, I'll be talking to leaders and innovators from all corners of the home industry. My guests this week are Jake Arnold and Leo Siegel, the founders of the new online design platform, The Expert. During COVID lockdown last year, Jake, a rising young interior designer based out of Los Angeles, teamed up with Leo, an entrepreneur. Together, they built an ingeniously simple platform that connects clients with designers for hour-long video consultations. So far, the expert's been a hit, and designers including Amber Lewis, Leanne Ford, and Martin Lawrence Boulard have flocked to the site, where they charge up to $2,500 for 55 minutes of their time. I spoke with Jake and Leo about the story behind their venture, why bringing trade brands on board is the next step, and how an elevated take on e-design could change the industry as we know it. This podcast was sponsored by Serena and Lily. With a dedicated trade team and design shops from coast to coast, Serena and Lily's exclusive trade program has the personalized service, products, and custom details you need to execute your vision seamlessly. From trade-only discounts to complimentary swatches, COM to custom by the inch, being a Serena and Lily trade member offers endless inspiration, giving you and your clients the unique look you deserve. Join their trade program by visiting serenaandlily.com slash trade. In 2006, a fashion designer from New York City and a furniture designer and builder from Tucson, Arizona, fell in love. The result was this week's sponsor, Baker Heseldens Studio. The husband and wife team's work is boundlessly unique and full of endearing contradictions. They create heirloom-quality pieces that are inspired by everything from the rooftop spires in Istanbul to the pedestal rock formations of the American Southwest. If your interest has been piqued, find out more on Instagram. Their handle is at Baker Heseldens. And in case you're wondering, it's spelled H-E-S-S-E-L-D-E-N-Z. A quick note before we get started, we had a few issues with Leo's audio, so he's a little hard to hear at the beginning of the episode. It does get better, so please bear with us. Thank you for your patience. Enjoy the show. It's a good one. It's so it's so great to have both of you here, and I can't remember the last time there was so much enthusiasm and curiosity and so many people reaching out to me to ask me about what is the expert? Who are the people behind the expert? What is this all about? How do I get involved? Here you both are. We're going to talk about it. So who is the best person to tell me how the expert first got started? Leo, why don't you why don't you tell us the the story? Yeah, so um, yeah, probably best for me to take this one, seeing as I, <laughs> you know, somewhat coerced Jake into it at the beginning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so so yeah, you know, I, I find it pretty cliche at this stage, um, but it is a COVID business. Like it, it was born out of COVID, and the idea came up squarely because of COVID. So. Um, Without going into too much detail, I was about to launch another completely different business. Um, it couldn't go forward. Uh, it was about to launch in April. It was a physical office product. Every office shut down. So I wasn't able to launch that. And I, Jake moved in with my boyfriend and me during um, the beginning of lockdown so that we could all kind of be together. We didn't know what was going on. And um, 
I was surrounded by interior design every day and every night all of a sudden because Jake was figuring out how to kind of pivot his business to this new reality. Uh, my boyfriend um, is the director at Studio Jake Arnold, so it really is an incestuous <laughs> little family. So it's family. a family operation. Yeah, it's a family yeah. firm. Um, so I was just surrounded by it. I never intended to do anything in the interior design space, but one thing that I started doing towards the beginning of lockdown, because I had nothing to do at the time, is um, I, you know, a lot of my background is working in social media. So I was like, Jake, I'll help you grow your Instagram following. Let's do some cool content for the fans. Um, so I started recording these IGTVs of, of Jake doing styling various surfaces in my house. They were actually pretty popular. And being the very nosy person I am, um, I, you know, wandered off into Jake's <laughs> DM request to see what was going on in that wild world. And um, I was honestly blown away by the, the number of people who were DMing Jake every single day asking for interior design advice. Um, even more blown away was I um, <laughs> when I saw that Jake just never responds to any of them. Um, which in his <laughs> Jake is far too busy to respond. But honestly, to all like not, not in a negative way. Just no. <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, so Jake was getting questions ranging from yeah the things I mentioned at the beginning. What paint color would you use for this wall, and what dining table should I buy? And and these innocent questions, I think no one no one realizes how many of them he received. So I think that they maybe do expect an answer, but. My serial entrepreneur kind of wheels immediately started turning because I'm always looking for kind of inefficiencies in other people's industries. And I just started to kind of, you know, wondering, um, how is it that, that 99.999% of Jake's followers will never actually get the chance to kind of get his advice or, or work with him in any way? I mean, the current interior design um, model, a high-end interior design model is, you know, to have a few full-service projects a year with extremely high budgets, and you don't really have much time for anything else. That just seems like it, we were leaving a lot of money on the table here if all of these people want to have a piece of Jake and can't. So I, I'm not going to say that the idea immediately came to me. I think that I knew there was something there, and that, you know, but I actually came up with the idea maybe a few weeks later when the kind of tenor of these DM requests started to shift a bit from just asking random interior questions to actually people asking Jake, would you do a FaceTime with me? Would you do a Zoom? Would you do a Google Hangout, Skype, you name it, and I'll pay you whatever you want. And I, I started to notice like a few of these and I took it to Jake and I was like, would we ever consider offering like, you know, virtual consultations with you? Like, I mean, I know you would never do quote unquote e-design because like, you know, that sounds cheesy or whatever, but would you do like a Zoom consultation and just answer these people's questions? Initially, Jake was like, eh, I don't really know how helpful I could be over Zoom. I don't know if people would pay me, you know, a rate that would be, you know, worthwhile, given what my full service clients are paying. And then I think that we just kind of got to a stage where I was like, please just humor me. Like, let me pretend to be your assistant. Let me reply to a couple <laughs> of these DMs and be like, hey, Jake actually is offering Zoom consultations now. We kind of like pulled a number from our behind and I was like, okay, let's just say $1,000 for 55 minutes. And lo and behold, like both people we reached out to on DM said, yeah, I'm in, I'll do it. Like, give me your Venmo and, and, and let's arrange this. So I, I got Jake to do it. 
you know, he was a little apprehensive at first, but we just thought there's nothing to lose. It's locked down, <laughs> that not much is going on. Um, and Jake can speak to this a bit more, but I think after this first consultation and how happy the client was and how productive Jake felt it was, it kind of one thing turned to another and, and we were like, we have to do this. Like, this has to be a business. Leo obviously did force me to do to have the first call um but it was it was incredible firstly because the whole process of being able to see someone's space via camera ultimately is not so dissimilar to being in person and i think that it was so surprising that not only were we getting pictures i mean sorry video of the space but they had also prepared some documentation of showing photos of the house and also certain options that they were considering for each of the spaces that they wanted to discuss. So it really felt like it was a true consultation where I was able to be focused, understand very quickly what they need, what they needed, what they wanted, really got a sense of like the level of budget that they would spend just based on having the conversation very initially. And we walked through, I think we did three rooms from top to bottom. I sent, I showed them specific pieces of furniture from specific vendors different fabrics, paint colors, and we almost methodically worked space to space. And at the end of the call, I was like, Leo, we just designed three rooms in 55 minutes, but not where they just designed like averagely. They looked like a work that we would do. But the difference here is that when the call versus a a long-term client is that on that call, that 55 minutes is sacred to this person. So they take everything that I was saying and they ran with it. And what was so interesting is now how many months ago, we're, in, we're now in March, we went. To, we actually went to one of the first consultations houses because we were, we were doing an article and we. I saw the house and I said to Leo, I go, it looks like I did this house. And I said to Leo, I was like, I'm sure so many other designers, we, they're all having the same issues with people reaching out into their DMs, asking them questions. And like Leo said, of course, they're very innocently asked, but people, I think, don't realize that there's, we're so busy and caught up with our day-to-day that people are paying for this type of advice the same way that you would pay to go see a doctor. Like you're not, it, it, It's an actual service. It's not just an opinion. So I think that there was real value in that. And that's that was the first experience that I had, and it kind of blew my mind and still does to this day when every time I have a, a consultation is that it's actually just something that was so obvious and missing. And the difference is with the other e-designs, not to jump too much into this, but we're working with the world's top designers. So it, it's not as it's not like we're having e-design with any designer in the world. It's people very specifically that can book times with, with the designer that they like their style and aesthetic, which makes the consultation very straightforward because they know what they're going to get, which is which is really part, I think, of why they run so smoothly. Right. So so let's let's talk about some of the specifics around that because that's a that's a great point. So suddenly you you both realize after a few consultations that this is this is going to work this this has some real traction and 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 we need to and we need to build this out so at at what point leo did did you start to connect with perhaps it was some of jake's network of designer colleagues at, at what point did you start to sort of broaden this out beyond just just jake taking some appointments with with people yeah so i want to say that we kind of landed on on moving forward with this concept i i landed on having it be my full-time job um in july of 2020 
And then I would say that in September, we actually started reaching out to people. Jake was my, you know, first port of call to to reach out to to the majority of the our initial kind of roster of, of launch designers. And we, we honestly just started pitching a bunch of designers um, on the concept. Um, I want to say, you know, 90% of them immediately got it and, and wanted to do it. And, and some of that is definitely, well, much of that is credit to, to Jake and, and the trust factor that, that he has kind of developed through the amazing work he's done in the industry. So, so people really did trust that if Jake was behind it, there would be a certain level of, of legitimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was super helpful. But in general, the designer I spoke to basically said the same thing. Like, I'm inundated with DMs. I hate saying no, 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 24-7 or just ignoring people. I want to be able to help my, you know, average follower with their home. And, and this is really, you know, this concept is giving me, you know, the business model to potentially do just that. And um, and also legitimizing it too. I think a lot of people maybe wanted to offer some kind of a Zoom service, especially during lockdown, but they didn't want to be the one designer that's like, you know, breaking out and offering something that might be considered quote unquote e-design because I think that has like a certain reputation as maybe beneath a high-end interior designer. But when you strip it back and, and really you're just giving someone advice over video like there really isn't anything inherently like low end about that so i think us coming along with a great initial you know crop of talent and once i had jake plus two or three great names Mm. a lot of people just felt like wow you're really legitimizing a concept that like i would have loved to do anyway um but now the expert is giving me the excuse to be able to to explore something that I wouldn't have normally done. And and how did you initially arrive at at sort of the fee structure? So part of part of what struck people when they first learned about this was to to, to your point, it didn't appear to be the traditional e-design model that that these days can can be as low as less than a hundred dollars for for someone to uh, apparently design your room and and pull all sorts of pieces of furniture in. The, these were prices. I think initially Jake was a thousand dollars. I think he's fifteen hundred dollars an hour now, if I remember correctly. And there mm-hmm. are there are some designers that are that are even more than that. I, I see that Mr. Stillen is pulling down uh, twenty five hundred dollars mm-hmm. for his services. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I think so. I mean. <laughs> How did, how, did, how did you sort of land on, on, on the pricing structure and what was your thought behind it? Like Leah mentioned before, it was a mixture between what would make sense for a client's time, like for them to take time away from a full service client, having that intel. And then also, I think Leo, and he can explain this as like, I think it makes a lot of sense is that the designers themselves were able to come up with their own rates for what they felt like was worth their time. But it, but again, it's not just about paying a thousand dollars or twenty five hundred dollars for fifty five minutes. It's about the expertise that you're unlocking in that time. So it's a different outlook. It's not that it's an hourly fee. It's that it's it's the unlocking of expertise in a short amount of time where the designers are pulling from years of experience and exposure and working on projects and being able to almost demystify the whole process in such a short amount of time, only given the experience that they've had. And from the perspective of the designer is what I think was appealing for even myself to, to, to be on the platform. Going into it, not I, I don't want to say fear or concern, but, but one thing I really knew was that if we wanted to attract top talent to be on this platform, first things first, like they have to get paid a rate that makes it worth their while, i.e. in many cases, 
pretty substantially more than what they would charge hourly for a retainer client because obviously the retainer client is committing to like many, many hours of your services and you're getting 20% markup from everything you source for them. It's a whole different model. So I knew that these top designers would have to earn a really decent rate in order to make it worth their time. Right. I went into it hoping that the client would be willing to pay that rate. But knowing that if they weren't, then maybe this wouldn't be a viable business. So when we initially said, you know, I don't think it's worth Jake's time to be taking an hour out and giving his all during an hour-long call for less than $1,000, I want to say he put up about 10 slots over the course of uh, November that people could come in and book. He did a post on Instagram. And I want to say within a day or two, every slot was taken at $1,000. So, Hmm. of course, I was like extremely relieved because I was worried that it would be cricket. But people immediately got it. I think these are people who follow Jake for ages. They admire his work. They know like the caliber of clients that he takes on and, and they got it. From that point on, it really just becomes, as with any kind of marketplace, it really just becomes a supply and demand thing. Jake only has so much time to do this. He can only do a few of these each week. If he keeps putting up a few every week and they keep selling out immediately, then like, you know, at a certain point, you also need to increase the rate a bit. And that's why Jake now is at $1,500 and he still books up at least five or six weeks in advance. But, you know, we want to be reasonable. We don't sure. want to just like sure. jacking up the price 24-7. But it kind of gave us a bit of a benchmark so that when we were onboarding new designers, they could kind of use Jake as a starting point. And I think a lot of people would come on. They might be amazingly talented designers, but not necessarily have such a large and engaged Instagram following as Jake has. So they may come in at $500 or some people came in at $300. Some people came in at $800. And then, of course, there are some maybe certain AD 100 or whatever who want to be 1500 or 2000 or in the case of, of Robert still in um, $2,500. Yes. Um, and you know, there, there are different mindsets at play. Some designers want to do only a few of these. And so they're fine to have the rate be higher and maybe knowing that they, they won't book as many. And then we have some other designers who really, you know, really want to do this as regularly as possible. There are some, who are literally doing 10 of these a week and they want to be more competitively priced so that they can make a ton more bookings. I mean, it really is a marketplace. It's supply and demand. Sometimes people will increase their rate if it's gangbusters. Sometimes people will subtly decrease their rate and then they'll notice an uptick in bookings. I'm so curious to hear some of the context around the the, the thinking of how you structure that and and how what makes prices rise and, and, and fall for, for different designers. Yeah, as I said, it's always a dialogue. It's always a conversation. We try not to tip the scales too much. But one thing I will say is that we are seeing, you know, there's a lot of people at the top price point, like Jake and and like some others that are absolutely killing it. Um, And then there are some at a higher price point that are not making so many bookings because they are priced really high. And I think that a lot of clients feel like they have great options for maybe half that price that, that they're happy to go with instead. What we are finding is that between the kind of like 500 to 1000 like 500 six, seven, $800, that's our real sweet spot. That's where like, I don't want to say the majority of the revenue is coming from yet, but definitely the majority of the bookings are around that price point. So as we start to allow a few more people onto the platform and we're still, it's still very curated, 
We have over 600 applications. We haven't even been able to review the vast majority of them yet. But as we do start to think about welcoming a few more people onto the designers onto the platform, we really are trying to focus it at that sub $1,000 price point. Um, because yeah, we're just, we're all good right now for the over a thousand dollars. We're good at the, the top tier of the, good, yeah. of, of the market. Known for their unique coastal inspired mix, Serena and Lily makes good design their business, working with trade professionals like you to transform interiors. Join their trade program to enjoy trade only events and discounts, COM and complimentary swatches and services tailored to your specific needs, like extra customization options and extended returns. You can even use their design shops as an extension of your workspace. Become a trade member at serenaandlily.com slash trade. And now, back to the show. I'm curious about that decision-making process of how you're thinking about the next round of designers or, or even how you thought about some of these early designers that you brought on. I can imagine, particularly in today's climate, where there might be pressures to make sure you're reaching certain diversity goals, or there might be pressure to recognize certain key people within the industry for, for a host of different reasons. I'm wondering how you thought about those decisions, again, particularly in light of sort of so much of what we've gone through in the in the past year with so much of the discussion around social justice, for example, and, and, and the issues that some have some have said that the interior design industry should be doing more to, to sort of level the playing field in certain areas. And I wonder how you've been thinking about that. I'm going to come out and say it. It's tough. It's something that we're talking about every day. Like it's always at the back of my mind, like my backgrounds in, you know, fashion and, and other industries where it's just always been a, a little bit easier coming into the home, especially as someone who doesn't have a background in it. It's a very white industry, especially like the high end interior design space. It is very white. I was looking into data and, and just such a tiny percentage of, of the of the high end interior design space is, you know, people of color. And, and it's, it, it, it is not a diverse industry. So every single day we are asking ourselves, what more can we do? What outreach can we do to make sure that the platform is as diverse as possible? Um, we've made some headway. We definitely have some diversity on the platform. It's not just all white women. Um, <laughs> but, um, but there is more to be done. I would say, so I would say that diversity in terms of kind of like background, race, ethnicity, and all of that is absolutely paramount to us. Something that is less paramount to us in terms of diversity is diversity of like quality of designer um, mm. or diversity of um, even to an extent um, price point. Like, yes, we, we definitely want to have price diversity. And we want to, you know, have more people who are around the four or $500 price point who are still really good quality designers will never, ever compromise on quality. But but yeah, um, we're a high-end platform. We want it to be really, really well curated. We want people to, to trust our brand and to know that if they come to the expert, they can enjoy browsing through our roster and knowing that everyone is, is, has been vetted and, and is actually an expert. We're called the expert for a reason. People feel like, oh my God, I have access to 
these people that I would never normally have access to. Before we move on from the straight business mechanics of this and get into sort of a deeper conversation, Mm -hmm. Jake, around what it sounds like this could mean for for you and how you're thinking about your own business sort of going forward. Tell me just so that listeners understand how the expert uh, charges, is there there a fee that you make out of everyone's sort of time or what's the revenue side for you, Leo, on, on that? Uh, yeah, so it's it's all pretty straightforward to the client and the end you know end consumer. Um, what you see is is what you pay. So there's a rate. There's no hidden fees or charges. Um, right. On the back end, we just take a twenty percent cut commitment mm-hmm. on anything that's booked through the platform. So it, it's been enough for us to basically already be cash flow positive, which is amazing. Obviously, for such a a young startup, and is not what I expected, but. You know, there's there's many expansions to the business model in future that might be a bit more kind of contextualized commerce centric. Um, and so we're not overly, you know, worried about squeezing every dime out of these consultations. We want our our experts to feel really, really good about about what they take take from this. And yeah, to the client, it's it's very straightforward. Right. And, and to, to that point of, of sort of the, the, the growth and, and expansion, you mentioned earlier, you've got a waiting list of at least 600 people waiting to waiting to be considered. And I'm, I'm wondering how how big you imagine the, the expert getting in terms of the number of designers that you might have at any given time. Yeah. So so honestly, we haven't ever come up with like a specific number of, you know, what is the sweet spot? I think at the moment we do have such an amazing array of talent on the platform that we don't want to dilute that too much by bringing on too many people, even if they are amazingly talented, uh, because we want to make sure that we can showcase everyone that's on the platform now. And we don't want to overwhelm the client with choice. I think eventually when we go to a certain size, um, we'll probably need to onboard more talent in order to satisfy demand because every expert on the platform only has so much time. So we're really kind of taking it one day, one one week at a time. Um, one thing that, you know, we are really adamant about is we're not just trying to like make a quick buck here and like get as many people on the platform posting it on Instagram and generating their own business. Like that's not what this is about. And if it was, then yeah, our revenue would probably skyrocket even more in the short term (laughs) but ultimately then we would be compromising kind of the brand and 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 the the message of the platform which is to have access to to the top and we want it to feel like a curated experience we want the actual window shopping experience to be really enjoyable and and clients do really enjoy that and and i think it's not going too hard too fast and as I, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about kind of the investment and fundraising side of things later, but yes. I have been having these investor conversations and they say, well, you know, how much, how far can this scale with top talent? And I say, well, actually, I don't think that this platform does scale purely through, you know, adding tons more experts into the funnel. That's not what I want to do. And, and I don't want to compromise the platform in that way. I think that it's scaled as I, as I, briefly touched on um through the commerce side of things and, and we can talk about that um separately but um but essentially one thing we did notice um that we have noticed is that each of these consultations is in many cases informing tens of thousands of dollars worth of purchasing off platform 
So, and Jake can speak more to this, but when Jake gets on one of these consultations, he's happy to do it because he's being, you know, paid for his time. But right. God knows how much business Jake has generated for Waterworks or for <laughs> store or, yes. for, you know, wh- one of these brands that, that he's recommending left, right and center. And so what we realized is that given how our consultations are informing such a huge amount in, in purchasing, and, and I think brands have realized this because they're all starting to reach out to us as well. And um, we need to figure out a way to kind of like funnel a lot of those purchases through the platform and really create a wonderfully curated, um, you know, shopping experience alongside your one-on-one, you know, expertise um, consultation. So that is how I think the business scales. I don't want to scale it by making it a free-for-all on the expert side of things. Well, so so let let's get into this a little bit since since we're since we're having this conversation. So you you have been out uh, with your with your pitch deck. It sounds like Leo. Tell me tell me a little bit about sort of how you have been describing both what you're what you're seeing right now and and what you're imagining since you since you don't simply want to just add endless numbers of designers and you you see the commerce opportunities you see some of these household names waterworks come up again and again for example uh tell me tell me how you've been presenting that to to investors and and are are would be investors especially keen these days since the home is such a hot category to 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 be looking at yeah, well, well, that's exactly where I was going to start um, answering that question is I think from the most high level macro perspective, I think investors in general are already, you know, hot on the heels of the home space. You know, it, it's definitely been catalyzed by the pandemic. Everyone's obviously obsessed with their home at the moment. And I didn't even honestly, I wasn't even thinking about that when I first came up with this idea. I think that's been a really kind of like pleasant eyes in a sense but, uh, yeah i feel like in the past i've done a few companies in the past and i feel like i've sometimes tried to gear them towards what's like a quote unquote hot space and it like just like hasn't hit in the same way and then the one time ironically that i'm not trying to gear my idea to what dcs think is hot um actually ends up being yeah. what they're hungry to invest in right now um, yeah so that's been really fun um so it it genuinely has not been as hard of a sell as some things you know i've done in the past and so that's been you know absolute rocket fuel and is, <laughs> is you know there already is such a an appetite um on the business side for, for for something in this category i think that aside what we've really kind of uncovered and, and where we've really i think hit a nerve with with the launch of the expert is there's this real appetite on the consumer side for knowledge and expertise within the home space. Everyone, you know, there's unlimited amazing brands that you can shop from. I don't think there's ever been, you know, a, a ceiling to, to, to what you can buy in this space. I mean, so many brands do such a good job of that. But what's really been missing is the information. There's so many people who have a lot of money to spend on their home. But they just have no idea what to buy. And, and as we all know, um, home is not like fashion. You can't just buy a sofa for 80 bucks on your, on your favorite site. Like these home pieces, furnishings are really expensive for the most part, especially on the high end. And, and I think a lot of people are really scared to, to pull the trigger on many purchases and, and, and not just purchases, also decisions with the home construction 
it's, it's all decorating. It's all really expensive and costly. And I think that people get stumped and they either make bad decisions or they procrastinate and don't make the decisions at all. Or they resort to trying to DM Jake on Instagram because <laughs> they want their space to look like a Jake Arnold design space or a Bridget right. Lumenek or Amber Interiors design space. But they, they just don't know how to achieve it because there is so much more than what meets the eye when constructing that kind of space. So what we've really uncovered is that we're giving people the missing piece of the puzzle. And when you're giving people the missing piece of the puzzle, you then have a lot of of influence as a platform because not only are you giving people what they want in terms of like that raw service that they want to pay money for, but you're also then helping inform them on the bigger piece, the bigger picture, which is everything that they then go and purchase, either it's furnishings or it's paint or it's fixtures or finishes or whatever it is that have been formed by those consultations. So I think that, I mean, I can only really speak for, for the main investor that came on board and, and has has kindly led our, our seat. <laughs> um, but they really saw that bigger picture of, okay, you're providing that expertise what more can you then provide now that you've earned the trust of, of the consumer? Always keeping it very, you know, we, we never ever want to sell out. We never, we only ever want to, when we do start expanding to, to brand partnerships, it will always be only brands that would be recommended by our experts anyway. So, yeah. Well, yeah. No, and I, and I want to pick up exactly there. And I, and I'm glad that you mentioned that. So, so Jake, many of the things that you recommend as Leo was just suggesting, yeah often come with a very high price tag. Mm. Um, but one of the things that they also come with is to the trade exclusivity. And and mm. so I'm wondering how you are thinking about what what could be a challenge there, or perhaps there's an opportunity there for some of these companies to figure out how, how do we open up now to this to this world? If there is this army now of expert interior designers mm. who are advising people closely about very specific items to, to buy. And I'm thinking back earlier, Jake, when you talked about showing up at this person's house that you had done mm. a consultation for, and it really did look as if you had designed it mm. because you gave them very specific things to, to buy. And I'm guessing at least some of them had heretofore only been available to designers. So tell me how we're thinking about that. Yes. So I think there's two parts to answer to that. The first one is since I think has been clear from the beginning, there's definitely been elements of the platform like any startup that are particularly scrappy. So I think that I would say (laughs) that based on a lot of the designers who are on the platform, including myself, who have a lot of good relationships with vendors Um, we're able to allow those. And honestly, this is what we've been doing so far on the consultations that I'll, I'll tell the client on the call that you should get the specific fabric from this showroom. And anytime they've ordered the fabric, they've mentioned that they've been working with us and, and the vendor is more than happy to share that to them as we've been going. Obviously we lose the connection after the, the call, but it's something that we have been able to do because a lot of the designers have good relationships with these brands and companies. And what we what the plan is, is that like Leo mentioned, we will be working with brands that are authentically preferred by the experts on the platform so that it actually feels like a reflection of the things that we would be specifying to our clients and customers. And as we develop this commerce side of the business, we'll be collaborating with 
these certain brands that will be able to have relationships with that can expand their sales past just design interior design firms and allow the end user to have that experience. And the whole idea here is that it's still not retail. That's what's so important is that they're still being the stamp of approval by an expert, number one. But number two, it's also they're still working with the trade. That's this whole idea that even a customer who doesn't have the the retainer amount to hire one of these designers on the platform full time, they're still having access and working with a designer. They're still having that hand and that and that final touch by the expert designer that they chose. So we're able to still have it feel like it's working with the trade, which is what's so appealing for these brands because it's the best of both for them. So. For the brands, a, a client is showing up, Jake Arnold has sent me, I'm working with him, and then does the brand extend the trade discount that they would have extended to you, or is, is that client paying a, a retail price, or, or how are you imagining that working? It's mostly, obviously, at this point, it's mostly being retail because it's a whole other implication when it comes to the taxing and the resale licensing, which is what mm-hmm. we will be working on when we have these brands onboarded and we'll have a specific deal in place. But obviously at this point, it's more about the retail and the, and the client is more than happy to pay the retail price because they've got access to it. And typically with the, any design firm, we're minimally marking everything up probably 20%. I think most of 20 to 30% most designers do. So they would still be paying the same price. It's not as if the discount is awarded to someone and then they're being doubled the price. It's, it would be the same whether it be a retainer client or not. It's just in, in the future as we expand the side of the business, it will be built into the model so that the, the customer is getting the benefit of potentially cost saving. The designer is making money for recommending and the expert is also the, the ultimate platform that's putting all these players um, together essentially and so that's it's it's all a win-win and it's so important that our designers are not just being washed up and drained for all their resources we're supporters of the designer we're not trying to cut out the designer and I think that a lot of bigger brands like Restoration Hardware for example there's always cutting out the designer we're not cutting out designers or making it easier for end users to not have to consult with an expert we're actually trying to make everyone still part of the process and not undermine what this industry is about jake rh seems to think that they have a very large design firm themselves and that their people are interior designers do you, do you buy into that notion <laughs> i'm trying to think do i give you my answer if we were having drinks yes. or do i give my answer on this call here's the thing this is here's what i will say because it's the facts Yes. Everyone has their place in this world. And I think what they do is impeccable. Like, I'm not going to sit here as a designer and have a negative opinion on something that is actually extremely useful to a lot of people. And that's what counts. It's not whether I think the aesthetic or the approach or the quality is amazing. All that matters is they're fulfilling a need. It obviously is working out for them. And we're not in the same space. So do you. Good luck. And it's great. And, all, and, and at the end of the day, if you want a house that looks like restoration hardware, go for it. No, there's no judgment. So I think that everything has its place. That's what I would say. Junho loved the Baker Heseldance studio aesthetic so much that he picked it to accompany his own work at his New York and Chicago trade showrooms. In 2021, Baker Heseldance studio will be debuting a slew of new pieces, including a cast bronze indoor-outdoor collection designed in collaboration with Scott Pask the three-time Tony Award-winning set designer of the Book of Mormon. The duo is constantly working on new and exciting projects, 
So stay informed by checking their website or by following Baker Heseldens on Instagram. That's H-E-S-S-E-L-D-E-N-Z. And now, on with the show. I'm fascinated, Leo, and 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 we should say that that you've that you've you've got an investor now who's 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 come on, and it sounds like a, a meaningful way. So, I mean, c- congratulations about, about that because I know that is no easy journey ever. Uh, so, t- tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, firstly, thank you so much. Um, it's been a bit of a whirlwind because we weren't even really <laughs> expecting to like raise money at the moment, and I think that it's kind of like a rule with startups that like you should raise when you don't need it and when it's easier to raise. Mm -hmm. So, you know, coming hot off the heels of a successful launch and having, I want to say kind of the first time and I've I've had a couple of successful businesses before this, but this is maybe the first one where I've actually been like approached en masse by like notable (laughs) investors. So, So that was pretty, you know, flattering and not something I'd experienced before and something I definitely wanted to like lock down pretty quickly. But um, we're really excited to have four adventures leading um, our $3 million seed round. I've been friends with one of the partners there, Nicole, for many, many years. She's passed on two of my businesses before. And <laughs> we felt right. So this is vindication for you. Exactly. It's vindication. And then a couple of, of, of notable uh, names came in. Um, Jeffrey Katzenberg's Windico um, came on board and um, Gwyneth Paltrow as well. So... Oh my! Okay, so there's quite a there's quite a list. Yeah. Well, but so but that's that's what I was talking about at the beginning of this conversation, Leo. That I feel like, and and we joked about this last time we spoke. So many people kept sending me hilariously the business of home article, not putting together that I I, I work I work with business of home, uh, but but they were saying, oh, yeah, what, what do you think about this, or have you heard about this, and and you know this seems like a real game changer for the industry. I don't know what it was about this that just seems to have gotten so many people exciting, and and part of it is this notion, as you were describing, that this commerce side of it. So do you do you imagine businesses coming to you and saying, listen, I know you're already recommending my product, can I? Can I take some kind of a sponsorship or can I, what, what do you imagine a, a, a meaningful structure for a big brand partner looking like as you think about it? That, that has been happening and, and we feel very um, fortunate to kind of like have a lot of, you know, really respect brands that we've respected for so many years and that Jigs worked with for so many years wanting to come on board in like more of an official capacity. Honestly, we haven't yet had the time. Like we haven't yet had the time to figure out what the exact model is. We know that there is one. Um, We have brands kind of being like, let us know when you figure out a way for us to come on board. But we're really strategizing it right now. And one other little kind of snippet that that I can give you um, because I think by the time this airs, it will have been announced. But um, one of our good friends, well, she's actually become a really good friend uh, since we started discussing the expert months ago, but Amber Lewis of Amber Interiors, which many people have heard of because she has a huge Instagram following, but also just she's built such a successful business with her shop. And, Indeed. You know, I- I've seen some of those numbers and it's so impressive. But also, I think she had like the most successful collaboration anthropologies ever had. And, and she's just such a kind of so dynamite on the business side of things. We're actually bringing her on board, um, not full time, but um, as our chief commercial officer. And 
Amber, we have a, a meeting with her next week to really start nailing down the details. But we're really excited about that because she's going to help Jake and I really ideate how to best tie in brands in a way that works for our clients, for our designers, and for the expert as a platform. So it's also the foundation. Like what we're doing right now is the foundation to build customer and brand loyalty because everything is about trust and everything is going to be rooted in the success of the one-on-one consultations. And and I think that it's so exciting and amazing that we can provide not only something for the customer to help with their construction or their furniture selection, but also for the designer to build that area of the business. Like, I don't know how much we've discussed this before, but I think (laughs) a lot of clients, a lot of experts, including myself, at this point, there is definitely a question mark of, okay, if this is how these consultations are going and they're so enjoyable, so straightforward and easy. Maybe I will be taking on one less client a year. Like those are also part of making an impact on some of these experts' businesses. Like Leo said, there's some people who are doing 10 a week, which is a long, a lot of time. And I think that it's really providing some of these experts a very like key component of their business. It's not just an additional revenue stream. It's also a key component and has the potential to actually allow designers to expand their own brands individually as well as for myself. So I think all of the possibility, it's like the right time and the right space because this is only works because of the talent that is on the platform. It wouldn't work without having these these types of experts because ultimately it would just become e-design and there's nothing sexy about e-design. So I think that... (laughs) I think that well, is, I mean, I and perhaps perhaps you're making e-design sexy, Jake. I yeah, mean, maybe, perhaps maybe, this, maybe we are. This this is your this is your legacy. You're you're changing the perception of what e-design is you, because you've redefined it. You know, you, you've just mm. stepped it up, and yeah. and maybe this was what it had the potential to be all along. It just needed the right group of mm. of people to come in and say, okay, it, I get it. Yeah. It's been this, and and listen, and how wonderful that it has been this this access for for people to to, to take pictures of their room. And, mm. and have it transformed but this mm. what 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 you and the, and the team has been able to do is is a whole a whole other dimension to this and you and I have spoken in the past about designers feeling marginalized or mm. designers feeling like there are so many things that have come along to somehow reduce the value of interior designers in in people's minds mm. and this platform seems to be positioning designers as experts here are their hourly rates and and what you're getting is this expertise and their experience and it it is it is remarkable what somebody can do in a 55 minute session. You you've talked about all the work that you yourself put in preparing for these meetings, wanting to give this, this value to the people that have, that have spent the money to, to spend time with you. Tell me, tell me more about how you think about that. Ultimately designers just want to feel valued. I think like anyone (laughs) does in any business, we all just want to feel valued and it's a very vulnerable job that we do we put our heart and soul and creativity into the work that we do and I think that it's really important to acknowledge that I think that there's been a shift and why I think this works now versus if maybe six years ago is not just because of COVID but I think there's been a, a mental shift that and I think we discussed this last time when we spoke is for years 
fashion stylists have been the people who people have praised and lifted up and they feel like an integral part of culture. And now that people have been spending so much time at home, it's all about the designer. It's all about living and lifestyle and improving our well-being. And the home is such an, an important part in that. And now oh, designers yeah. are being, yeah, and Instagram and now designers are being recognized for the work that they do obviously we're not surgeons we don't like we're not curing cancer but at the same time we're having a hand in a big part of someone's life and sometimes it's a very difficult process and I think for people when they're doing it on their own they realize how much work it is I've had so many consultations with clients who they try to do it themselves and realized after a week that it was an absolute like disaster. <laughs> so it, it's really just making everyone feel valued. The same way that I'm so grateful to speak to anyone around the country or the world. I've spoken to people in Kuwait, in, in Denmark, and we've spoken to all these people and I'm flattered and take it with the biggest compliment as all the other designers on the expert do that people want to understand what we are thinking and what we are doing and there's so much value and that feels good for designers where sometimes you feel as if there isn't value in what you're doing and some and to have this kind of contact and networking with people that we would never necessarily work with or be able to have the time to it's just it's just been such an amazing experience in that side of things that aren't just about numbers so take that one step further for me jake and help me understand how it is causing you to think about rearranging, restructuring, reimagining mm. your business and how you want to spend your time mm. and the number of clients you're thinking about taking on going forward versus the amount of work you're imagining getting through through the expert, mm. which which seems to be really rewarding for you right now. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good question. It's definitely something that I've been thinking about a lot recently. That Here's, here's the thing. I honestly love working with clients long term because you've really built a deeper stronger relationship and there's a whole process that working on a ground up house or a major remodel that you get to be part of the process and there's so much value in that that you can't replicate with anything else that you can't replicate that online or selling product it's a very specific experience that when it's right then it's magic and it's just an incredible part of the business with that said that's not possible like any business or any small business owner will tell you and a lot of these designers are more boutique sized firms is to have the bandwidth to expand your brand or your business or your ideas or creativity it's very limiting when you can only take on a certain amount of clients a year so for me i'm at capacity for example right now yeah i and i'm fortunate as with other designers who are constantly being asked to do new projects but it gets to a point where i do sit here and think oh i want to use my creativity and and perspective and to, to grow past individual clients, because I think that that's something that has a ceiling. And I think it's very specific. It's very old school. Whereas now designers are creating their own brands and their own point of views. That's beyond having a book, beyond doing projects, but really expanding like their perspective and how they see the world. And when I do this, when I have the sessions on the expert, I do think, wow, like I can kind of have a touch or a hand on someone across the country that will never meet and they'll feel so good about that information and like <laughs> that that I don't know that there's something that it has done for me like it's been so therapeutic and I'm sure a lot of designers will agree where, where you do look at your business and you're like wow if I can do this and get this much satisfaction provide this much help on a greater bigger picture 
like, yeah, we do need to sit down and think about like, maybe we don't take on that one client that we don't necessarily want to do, not because of the client, but because we can spend our time doing speaking to 50 people that that month. And and like Leo said, I don't do 10 sessions a week. I do a limited amount because my priority is the clients who are long-term and they know that and they know that that's what comes first as with other designers. So it's about a future decision of whether how much time is going to be spent on retaining clients versus the expert. It is a real decision that I will be looking at and reassessing how I will spend my time. And it's not anything other than like exciting to me because it's it, it gives you that freedom where you where you have choice and options and a lot of times designers don't feel like they have choices and we want to be able to expand their options and opportunities and dennis i'm sure you can guess which side of the argument i'm falling down on <laughs> yes. are you are you encouraging him leo to, to spend more time on the expert versus uh, his design project maybe and sometimes i go to him and i'm like jake like you are the founding expert of this platform. Mm. You do realize that so-and-so designer is literally doing three times as many consultations as each week. And he then will come along and say, yeah, they also have a 30-person team and I'm half their age and I'm still you know, figuring out how I can scale up to that too. But I think that oh, we, we're such a brand new model and such a new platform right. that you, know, you can't just suddenly ditch a client and then just do more experts. But what we are seeing is that the expert is striking a chord with um, a nerve or whatever with a lot of these designers and they're really starting to factor it into their future business plans. Like we have certain designers who are like, I want to like quit doing full service. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they mean it because they wouldn't even have right. any content to post on Instagram, which is how they built their brand in the first place. If they stop doing client projects, I don't think anyone mm. actually wants to stop entirely. Well, don't, don't, bite the, don't bite the hand that feeds you. At the end of the day, yeah. the reason why people are, you have to remember the reason why people are coming on the expert is because these designers are working with high-end dis- people the same way that someone wants to buy a Mark, buy my, Mark Jacobs t-shirt because Mark Jacobs is having people run, walk down the runway in New York Fashion Week. Like don't, you can't forget where it comes from. And that is so integral to what makes this magic and work because we are all designers actually doing projects and that's what makes an interior designer is someone that has clients we're not just people that are just going to work on the internet and cancel everything else it's a balance and that balance will be individuals experts option of how they want to spend their time but of course we encourage it like they also it's not it's not very hard to encourage someone to get on a call for 55 minutes where it's it's a mutual like understanding and an enjoyable process. Like people want to do it without forcing people. So it's very organic. As you, Leo, as you, as you think longer term about this, are there, are there any pre-existing models that you're able to, to look at to sort of help you think about what this could grow into or start to, to look like? Honestly, no, like <laughs> not. And, and it's the first time I've done a business where I can say that because it's the first time I've done a business that's really like charting and, a new path in new territory i don't have the kind of like large incumbent business to model this off of i would say the biggest inspiration not to be corny but the biggest inspiration for like where this goes is jake's business and jake's day-to-day experience and amber's experience and bridget's experience and all of these designers i'm surrounded by because what we're trying to do is take the pieces of their business that are working and that aren't working and create this new model online that takes, you know, fixes the things that aren't working, 
amplifies the things that are working and creates this kind of dream platform that is a huge win-win for clients, experts, and the expert as a platform. So really, we Jake and I like put our heads together and we're like, oh, well, like, wouldn't it be so cool if like we could bring this part of the process online and give these you know, like expert clients access to this part of my business, which works really well. So, so really it's the current design industry is what is inspiring this and, and all of the things that are and aren't working within it. Well, I mean, between Amber Lewis and Forerunner and, and the incredible momentum that you, that you seem to have at the, at the moment there, there, there's, there's a lot of excitement around what you're doing and I'm, I'm eager to sort of see what happens next. So I, I thank you both so much for, for making the time to come and talk to me about it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited for you guys. And so. by the way, we will give you 100% credit because I know all of your peers are coming to you to see if you figured it out, but you came to us first, so we'll just make that very clear to everyone. <laughs> well, exactly. I'm glad, I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah. But um, yeah, well, I, I'm very excited for both of you. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to keep up with the latest industry news, visit us online at businessofhome.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, browse job postings, or join our BOH Insider membership community for access to exclusive online educational workshops, a free print subscription, a private Facebook group, and more. If you have a note for the podcast, drop us a line at podcast at businessofhome.com. This show was produced by Fred Nicolaus and edited by Albert Burge for Podfly. I'm Dennis Scully. Thanks again for listening. Stay safe healthy, and I'll see you next week.